Hello, Erica. Hello, Stephen. What did we watch tonight? Well, we know that Doctor Who fans can sometimes be a nervous lot. Right. Or maybe I'm just speaking for myself. Um, especially when, uh, you know, when things don't go as expected. So I, I started to worry about all of the poor listeners who might have gotten a little panicky after, after we recorded about Rose. Um, and they, I thought they might be jonesing for some classic Doctor Who. So, or perhaps thinking that we had abandoned. Oh yeah, the, the, abandoned the, the great pilgrimage, as Paul Cornell calls it. Oh, is that what he called it? I think so. Well, I don't know if he started this specific, that, but I, oh, you know, okay. just the idea of watching from the very beginning. Gotcha. And uh, and yes, yeah, so instead we have we have continued with classic Who, and we watched World's End, the first episode of the Daleks invasion. Dalek. Dalek. Invasion of Earth. Earth. Well, I stand corrected. I sit on the couch corrected. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, Dalek Invasion of Earth. Um, You were concerned because at the very end, uh, a Dalek popped out of the water. That was so cool. (laughs) Oh my God, that was awesome. Like, I knew there were going to be Daleks. And I, I actually knew from listening to podcasts, that there was a scene in something somewhere where a Dalek comes up out of water. Mm-hmm. But I'd kind of forgotten For about that. Yeah. I didn't know that it was it was this. And, mm-hmm. like, I actually got a little bit of the excitement that I assume people must have had at the time. And, I mean, they wouldn't have even known that there were any Daleks. Oh, coming, no, they would have. This, oh. this was... This aired around Christmas. I think December 21st, 19... I could be wrong about that. Uh, anyway, December, I think it's 21st, 1964. This was the beginning, and they are built up. Radio Times were plugging it. It was mm. all crazy. There still could but, have been little kids who don't read newspapers. Oh, probably, who yeah. They probably so some people got some, some surprise yeah, from this. But, but it, it was, I imagine, you know what? I don't even, I, I think their parents probably told them because they're... No, I... I I'm standing firm. There's at least one little kid somewhere. Okay. His name was probably like William or something. The reason I'm saying it is because the ratings for this mm-hmm. were huge. Oh, really? This was mm-hmm. this was basically Doctor Who's like blockbuster period because this is like what Dalek Mania happened. Oh, yes. Because it was right before Christmas, so they made a whole bunch of toys for mm-hmm. the Dallas Return, um, and they were all waiting for this. So if anything, I bet you kids... Knew that the Daleks were coming in this story, uh-huh. and of course had to wait for the very last shot of the episode to see mm-hmm. one, uh, which probably annoyed them no end. Quite possibly, you but know? it worked for me because it was it was very cool. Mm-hmm. Do you notice? Uh, did you notice something about this episode that we have not seen in very many episodes to date? Um, exterior um, filming. You got it, and lots more cuts because it was on film. You bet. This was uh, apart from that little uh, those little scenes of William Hartnell's double wandering through France in the Reign of Terror, mm-hmm. which are the first ever location right. shots for Doctor Who. This is this is a big one. Like there's a, actually was a lot of location footage. I thought. Yeah, for... I was impressed, and it was like I don't. I'm sure you can tell me where it was set, but. The, the locations that they picked yep. were were really cool. Like they looked there was there was quite a mood being set between that and the music mm-hmm. and not knowing, you know, exactly where they were and I mean that the the giant poster, it is forbidden to dump bodies in the river, that's just cool. It's iconic. It is. It's everywhere. It's even in the Doctor Who experience. You I know, I saw it. it. Yeah. I actually saw that sign in person before I saw it on screen. <laughs> right. That's funny. how that's odd. Mm-hmm. Um this what was I going to say? Uh, oh yeah, this is 
they were in Riverside Studios now. They were they made that at, I think at Planet of Giants, or maybe Planet of Giants is the last one. And this one was made at Riverside Studios, which is a lot bigger than Lime Grove. Mm-hmm. And I think a lot of the locations were just basically like the the scene in the river where the TARDIS lands. Right. And the TARDIS te- team are right there by the river. That's literally like outside the back doors of Riverside Studio. Oh, yeah. okay. So wherever that was, it's no longer standing, sadly. So what's the deal with the open windows in the TARDIS? Like that was weird. It's like they on one side it looked like they were yeah. open, like tilted in. Both location and in the studio. Like Very for continuity strange. reasons, yeah. So hmm. I'm not too sure what that was. I don't know if police boxes did that. A little mm-hmm. ventilation perhaps for Maybe. the uh, the uh, sticky prisoner inside, perhaps. Mm-hmm. Who knows? <laughs> Very interesting. Yeah. Mm-hmm. What else did you think about this one? Uh, poor Susan. I mean, people people tend to point at sixties Doctor Who companions and Susan in particular for you know being screamy and twisting ankles. And mm-hmm. this is really this is is this did she twist her ankle at some other point? I don't even remember. No, Barbara hurt her ankle. That's right. It was Barbara. Um, so this is the one time. During her original run, one time that Susan twists her ankle, and <laughs> it's the story she's leaving at the end of. I know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So. I, I just find it funny that um, spoilers in twenty years' time, uh, Terrence Dix will write five Doctors and have Susan twist her ankle there. Mm-hmm. He'll also write uh, John Pertwee's line versus the polarity of the neutron flow. Mm-hmm. Both those thi- both those things happened. I believe once, just once. Yep. <laughs> in their respective tenure. And it's just become this cliche. Mm-hmm. Oh, Susan twists her ankle. No, she doesn't. Nope. She doesn't at all, apart from this mm-hmm. one episode. And yeah. the doctor got really, well, I, I mean, I guess I can kind of understand the doctor being upset because the TARDIS got totally buried mm-hmm. thanks to, thanks to what she did. But at the same time, I don't fault her at all because I mean, it was just in the very last story in Planet of Giants that it was the doctor that was climbing up a wall to look over to right. see where they were. So it's not like, she was doing anything out of the ordinary. She needed to t- take a look at where they were. Mm-hmm. They didn't know. So um, I actually think Susan so far has been pretty good in this. I mean, she's, you can see she feels kind of bad about what she did, but she doesn't feel too bad. And my favorite part was when, uh, you know, that that guy in the resistance or whatever it Tyler, is. Tyler, yeah. Tyler was asking Barbara, you know, oh, you can cook, and, and what do you do? I eat. <laughs> that was fantastic. Yeah. Way to be, way to be strong-willed, Susan, and just be like, no, I'm not, I'm not getting roped into cooking or anything. That was awesome, and her delivery was perfect. Yep, mm-hmm. that was a good comedy moment that I quite liked. That was wonderful. Yeah. Yep, and then uh, we had some action too. We had uh, Ian op- kicking open the door in yes. a way that would not send him through the door at all, uh, and then somehow <laughs> flying through it on the other side, and uh-huh. um, and not quite falling and climbing back up. Which was, you know, I guess a little moment of excitement. I actually appreciated more when the doctor pulled him up. William Hartnell's performance was mm. was really good. You know, he seemed very... He does that really well. The, oh my goodness, that was very close. Yeah. I'm very, like, <laughs> let's, let's take a Let's take a breather here during this. Yep. yep. After that, yeah. Yeah. Because he was playing old. He's mm-hmm. always playing old with William Hartnell. Yep. Sometimes in real life, too. Yeah. Yeah. So that, so that was nice. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I'm interested in the dudes with the things on their heads. I already know who they are, like what they're called, but right. we haven't heard it yet. So that's true. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's a sense of scale and uh, and intrigue, and you know, it's it's um, no, that happens more in the next episode. I can't really talk about that yet. Okay, shush. So uh, we that. did see the um, little flying saucer thing, which <laughs> yeah. was adorable and cool. Yeah, I'm glad. There's one DVD in this in the range 
There are, like, there's um, CG effects on this one. That we're um, watching? No, we aren't. Okay, good. But there is one, I think there's a DVD out there that has, by ac- accidentally, by default, has the CG updated effects on by default. <gasps> no! Yeah, I know, so we have to be wary of that, because when it happened, and mm-hmm. I was worried, because I knew the shot was coming, I think, are they going to, I hope they don't, okay, good, mm-hmm. you know, it needs to be the originals, I mean, you know. Yeah, that's what, that's what we're watching. Good on them to try and mm-hmm. sort of update it and stuff, but it's, it's mm-hmm. nice that they gave us the option, and that's what we will be yes, watching. Yes, yeah. I think that's, Im- that is important to me, uh-huh. as, you know, a TV scholar of sorts, to yeah. be able to see, see it as it aired. Mm-hmm, warts and all, yeah. so to speak. Yeah. I, I really don't think this episode is particularly warty, though, I have to say. It's really I'm, good, isn't it? Yeah, I just, I got a real sense of the foreboding and mystery, and I just, I don't know, I felt more wrapped up in this story than I have in anything for a while. Maybe oh. it's because we watched Rose earlier tonight, and I'm just sort of in this, you, I don't know. You've been keyed up a little bit? Yeah, I'm kind of in that Doctor Who is an amazing magical thing sort of mode mm-hmm. right now. I don't know. But it really... I guess also that's one of the time travel things that always kind of gets me is ending up in your own city in a future time and it being empty. Or not even time travel stuff, but even books like Day of the Triffids where the guy wakes up and, yeah. and you know, there's there's nothing, like nobody's around. It's completely there. The beginning of 28 Days Later, something like that. That Very really, smart. really... Plays into just kind of that little thrill sense of fear that I get from some things. Mm-hmm. And, um, it's that I like it. I like <laughs> it a lot. I, I'm running out of words because I just I'm I'm shocked at how much I like this. I was not I'm not a big fan of the Daleks. I don't generally love Dalek stories, and I I'm pretty sure I've never seen this before. Cool, that's good. News. I mean, if I have, it was when I was very little. Um, <clears throat> right. So. I don't know. I was just sort of expecting it to be another 1960s Doctor Who story that was interesting from a cultural, you know, <laughs> standpoint. But, but you know, watching it wasn't going to be that exciting. But I'm totally excited. If it wasn't so late and I wasn't sleepy. Mm-hmm. Um, so it'd be Doctor Who. Yeah. But it's also kind of nice to have this delightful cliffhanger waiting at the end. So that's cool. cool. This makes me really happy. I'm glad yeah. you're liking it. I mean, I'm not going to say that I'm. It's it's a hundred percent great because I would say the camera work suffered a little bit. Two or three. Yeah, there are a few w- places. <laughs> yeah, a few. Mm-hmm. Um, especially. Well, first of all, when Susan is falling down. Yeah, there's uh, a weird cutaway to some shot of logs. Yeah, it's the logs that are they're just to her right on the screen yeah. as we're looking at her, but there's no reason to show them because maybe they were supposed to move. Like, that's part of what it was maybe supposed to be falling down towards the TARDIS, and I, it didn't work. Yeah, there was some mistake or something. I can't remember what it was. Mm-hmm. They, I think it said so in the production notes. But. So there's that, and then also inside the warehouse, when Ian and the Doctor are walking around, there are a couple of times where the camera is so close to Ian that I can't actually tell what's happening uh, go, like around him. Right. And the Doctor and he have to sort of walk farther into frame and farther into the into the warehouse before mm-hmm. I can have any sense of place. Uh, but I, and I assume that that was in part just because they're shooting on location. There probably aren't a lot of good places to set the camera. So they did the best that they could with what they had, but it was a little confusing. Uh, the location stuff is what, is that what got you? The stuff on film? The camera. Yeah. Oh, okay. In the, in the warehouse. Building. Well, in the warehouse that was on in studio. Really? Yeah. Yeah. They only shot the outside of the warehouse on location. Oh, Okay, yeah. well, then it was in the studio. Yeah. 
well, wherever it was, it was... <laughs> okay, then they don't have the excuse of not knowing where to put the cameras. No. Uh, there was also, I, I was like curious as to why they did this, but now I kind of realize it's the, it's actually the opening TARDIS shot where the, <clears throat> the doctor sort of like, you can kind of see the scanner and the console, the top of the console oh, in yes. one shot. Mm-hmm. And it doesn't really move at all. Nope. Hartnell basically goes, and then he wanders off camera and then comes back around and he's like in the bottom you can, third of the screen. You can barely see his chin. <clears throat> yeah. And then people, and then the rest of them come in and I realized that's a very bad shot it's awful but then i realized that was the only shot in the tardis so what you know probably happened because they only had so much room in the mm-hmm. studio for that episode they could set up one wall with the scanner on it from like there mm-hmm. to there yep. that means they couldn't move left or right and they didn't have the doors obviously because they just sort of walked off yep. off stage to uh, go through the doors and that's probably what happened so yeah i f- and i figured it was it was something like that it does look very yeah. strange which is funny because richard martin directed this not my favorite director uh-huh and he uh he does another curious thing in the TARDIS in uh, a future episode that we'll talk about okay. later this season, which I go, that's a strange thing to do, but I think it's also just due to um, size in the studio. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Interesting. These are limitations uh, that uh, that you had back in those days. Mm-hmm. Well, I think, yeah, as, as kind of annoying as those little bits were direction-wise, mm. I still found overall the atmosphere was great. Oh, I like the story so far. I thought the performances were all good. I actually liked the doctor in this quite a bit. Yay! I, mean, I wasn't, it was, you know, he's walking, that first shot you're talking about, he's walking around basically like like cracking, like whip cracking his little um, little handkerchief. Sort of like dusting off things, yeah. Yeah, except angrily. Yeah, um, well, because the scanner's still broken. Nice little continuity from... Uh, that's true. Yeah. Yeah. Or is it? Is it broken? I think it was broken, wasn't it? Well, yeah, it was broken in Planet of Giants because they were trying to see something that was too yeah. big for it or whatever, and I don't know. It, oh, yeah. It was, the, the glass wasn't broken anymore at the end, no. but they said it still wasn't working, That's true. It was a bit wonky at the end of Planet of Giants, but now it looks like it's on. But anyway. Mm-hmm. Yep. So there's that. Mm-hmm. Um, I also, like I said, I understand the Doctor being upset about the TARDIS being buried because that's that's a pretty rotten thing. And he also gets but, very grandfatherly because of that too, in a way. Yeah, you know? he does. And yeah. I suppose, I suppose, you know, saying, you know, young lady, you deserve a, a what jolly good smack bottom. Smack bottom. That's yeah. what it was. Uh, but he's her grandfather and she just actually, I can understand this completely because when I was a little kid, we did not get, we didn't, we actually didn't get spankings. That wasn't, that wasn't a part of our, mm-hmm. our disciplinary procedure in our house. We would, you know, get sent to our room or whatever. And, the only time we actually did get a SWAT was if we went inside what we called the pool gate. So we had like a little, there was a pool behind the house gotcha. and we had a, like a fence around it. And if we went anywhere near the pool, like anywhere we could access the pool without adult supervision, that was the one thing that my parents just like would not tolerate. And we would get a little, <laughs> like it wasn't like a hard spanking or anything, gotcha. but it was enough to make us scared because it wasn't something we were used to. And, and that was because that was like the most life-threatening thing that we could do it's we for were, your own good basically. exactly because yeah. you know that basically it freaked my parents out it only happened like five or six times in my entire life mm-hmm. but they that was something they were really scared of so i can i can see that her falling and it, uh, literally injuring herself and you know that that would be something that might scare the doctor you know you put yourself at risk and then he gets you know momentarily upset enough to freak out at her a little bit so uh, surprisingly i had i don't really have a problem with his reaction in that scene and then he's he's excited to explore, and he's got that you know kind of neat curiosity. He's still saying 
like he's still saying stuff like Ian says to be careful and he says I'm not a halfwit which is like what a cranky old man thing to say <laughs> but at this point I feel like it's more kind of like oh what an adorable cranky old man uh-huh. thing to say as opposed to you know gosh darn it he's annoying so <laughs> so I'm okay it. I'm okay with this what a shame it's it's late and we're tired because mm-hmm. uh, I I'm enjoying your optimism and enthusiasm for the show. I'm not saying that it's gonna it's gonna wane or anything like mm-hmm. that, but it's um, well, you never know. On a different day, anything's possible. But I do like the story, and uh, I've I've grown to like it more each time I watch it and become very appreciative of it. Hmm. And so I'm I, I'm happy that we're watching it now. All right. Well. We'll get back to it at some point, but yeah. at least with this, we can assure the listeners that we have not given up on classic Doctor Who. No. We're still in it to win it. Never. In it to win it. I guess. We're going to win Doctor Who. I don't know why I said We're going to win the Doctor Who Cup. <laughs> I would love a Doctor Who Cup. I, I would, too. A, my mom has a Doctor Who Cup. It's a coffee cup. It's I don't want to win that. I don't want to take that from her. No, no, I'm no, serious. but I would like to win one for myself. Oh. Wouldn't that be nice? Find a contest. Okay. Let's Google it. <laughs> Doctor Who contest yeah, coffee Tom, mug. <laughs> on a Doctor Who coffee mug. Oh, tea. All right. You can have tea in it, too. Um, Oi. Oh, you on that note, it's, right. it's time for bed. Yes, it is. All right. Good night. Good night. Good night.